who just uh, receive what people say without really investigating thoroughly, you will be very, very deceived this day. You know, when we are coming here, we're almost getting here. I remembered somebody who was in Christ with Tabernacle before, but left, like those who, among those who left, and she passed in front of my car here. She goes to uh, New Wena. She passed in front of my car here uh, during the week, but I didn't see her. You know, mom was saying, ah, that's this person. She was looking, maybe you greet her, I would have greeted her, you know. But she, because I didn't see her. But you know, I said so, to something, I said something to mommy. I said, it's a pity that many people go to church today, but they have no knowledge of heaven. They are not aware of death. Neither are they, do they have thought of, what is my purpose? The purpose of going to God's temple is to prepare you for your death. The primary assignment of minister is to prepare people for their dying. Not for their living. Now, what ben- the benefits that comes upon people when we are alive is attached to how much we have been prepared for our death. You know? And it was so painful that many people go to church like that. But they thought church is a social club rather than you know, a place where they should pray for death. But having said that, I'm saying that this scripture, you know, is one of the scriptures and all the scriptures too when it talks about some figurative things. If you read it very well, you will see that the scripture explains what it's saying. In this scripture, it says that the mountain of the Lord, people will go there because the mountain of the Lord will, will teach people the way of God. And I told you, two nations that are very significant today in the hands of Satan when it comes to perpetuation of error, America and Nigeria. For false prophets, is Ghana. And we must identify this or else we will fail. You will be deceived. The error of deliverance came from Nigeria. The error of prosperity came from America. And many other errors that are propagated, being propagated in America now one of the errors that have gone out of America now is about grace. Watered down. One of the errors that is imagined also now is that someone says that born again is just mentioned once in the Bible and it doesn't know why Christians are talking about being born again. And one of those errors is saying that Jesus did not even come to preach himself. He came to preach the kingdom. And Jesus himself said he is the door. How would you talk about the door? without talking about the content in the place. If you look at those things, they look sensible, but they are direct to undo every purpose for which the Son of God died. And I say this because throughout my lecture with you, I want us to agree on two things. I'm going to show you how you can bust errors that is humanly. Apart from the Holy Spirit teaching you and helping you to know but how you can understand errors so that you will not be a victim of it. If a minister is in a position that every time you come to tell your church, oh, sorry, what I taught you is wrong, and you teach them again, and say, sorry, what I taught you then is wrong, you will lose your credibility before your people. People who are intelligent will begin to leave your congregation. And this is one of the reasons for this topic. So we recognize here... <clears throat> that God says, the Bible says, He will establish the church. The Bible says the church will be established above all religion. It will be distinct. The Bible says nations will swim into it. And the Bible says that the principle of the church will be the teaching of the ways of God. Transforming message that will turn man to God. Now, having said that, we look into doctrines. And we look into Hebrew chapter 5, verse 11 to 14. About sound doctrine. Then we moved into the book of Psalm 145. Where we saw the three great things to be noted about God. Verse 18, the Lord is near to those who call Him. So if a minister wants God to be near to Him, you must be very prayerful. We saw also that He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. If you want your visions to be fulfilled, no matter how big they are, no matter how excited you are, 
It depends on how much of fear of God you have. And it says the Lord watches over all who love Him. If you want divine protection, it is determined by your love for Him. And I finish by saying, pastors ought to imitate, I mean, people ought to imitate their pastors. Pastors must manifest God. Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their word of life and imitate their faith. And I said to you that it is not your title or position that reveals you. It is your way of life. Now, today we are going to go further on the church of the living God. What is the church? First Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 gives us a definition of the church. It says, if I'm delayed, you, may, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Now, there are three major things here, very, very strong, that will guide all our reasoning thereafter. The first thing is that pastors must see church members as members of God's family. God is the owner, is the father of this family. Every member is a child of God. Now, when I say that, you begin to have an understanding deeper. In a family of many children, all the children are not the same. Mentally, morally, and in every other aspect. Now, the misbehavior of a child in the family does not undo that child from being members of the family. Really, sometimes the senior brothers, when the junior ones misbehave, you'll be so angry like you want to deal with them. But you cannot deal with them beyond the delegation of your father. The authority your father has given to you. If your father does not permit you to rebuke them, you can't rebuke them. If he permits you to rebuke them verbally only, that is the only thing you can do. Even if you feel like killing them. Because your father did not give you the charge over them for you to kill them. So therefore, as much as the senior brothers will see some very good, before you say something, they've done it. You know, they can reason to know what is right at the time. Then you see some also who you tell them to do something, they won't even listen to you. They won't even look at you. Some you tell them to do something, they say, oh, yeah, 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 I will do it, and they never do it. Some you tell them to do something, they say, no, and after you have gone, they will do it. All this spectrum of people were spoken about by Christ. What has happened to a good number of ministers is that we have not seen the people as in the context of God's household. And we have allowed the misbehavior of some to cause us to sin. Let me say one of the things I tell my members if, uh, a number of times is this. God loved Moses so much to the place where God himself testified that in the whole human race, nobody is as humble as Moses. And the Bible tells us God gives grace to the humble. Isn't it? So, Moses was given so much grace that nobody has ever had. He stood before God face to face and he lived. But members of his church made him lose destiny. Members of his church. God ordained him to lead Israel out of Egypt into Canaan. That is his ordination. That is that is his is uh, you know uh, uh, destiny, but because the people aggravated into anger, and when he was angry, he lost the consciousness of who God is, and performed an act, and to God that was despising God, and God did not respect his humility anymore. Neither did God honor his policy on principle of grace being given to the humble. Grace has been given to him, but God did not hesitate to frustrate that grace. And he took him to the, to, the, to the mountain and said, look at where I'm taking you, but you won't enter it. May you not shipwreck because of a member of your church. 
I mean, those of you who have been with me for a long time will know this and the rest of you. That I always say this, no man will inform my character. No man will inform my behavior. My father called me when I was young, very, very young boy. He said to me, said, son, in this world, every man is mad. I said, how? He said that when you see a person angry, put mirror in his face. He's going through his madness. He says, so, when you see people mad, don't be angry with them in their acts. That is when they are angry, say they are mad. He said, because it will still be your turn. He said, but when you are going through your madness, he will always say to me that, that if a dog is mad, he knows the one who feeds him. <laughs> you know, a dog cannot bite everybody and bite the person who feeds him. He knows that he's going to starve to death. So when he's mad and he's biting anybody, when he sees the one who feeds him, he calms down because he has to get his food. You know, ministers of God, if you are not careful, are not sensitive, you will allow people, some people who come to church to make you shepherd. That will not happen to you in Jesus' name. Second thing in this very scripture is that the Bible says that the church is of the living God is the foundation of truth and is the pillar. Alright? Foundation is necessary for building. The type of foundation you dig Determine what building can be built on your foundation. Pastors should know this. If you are digging a foundation for one story, God will never give you a skyscraper. Yesterday we spoke about that. The reason why churches don't grow, some people think that by fasting and fasting and fasting, your church will grow. No, no. If you did not build the foundation for a particular size of congregation, God will never let you have it. People will come, they will go. Satan don't make people go, it's God. And when I looked at Pentecostal movement, one of the things I've seen is the issue of governance. God is very jealous on governance. In the beginning, God created what? Heavens and the earth. Alright? Then he says, Now, the earth was formless, and void. Then he says, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. And after some time he says, and God said, let there be light. God didn't say, let the land come up. He said, let there be light. And that was light. And if you look at the whole of Genesis chapter 1, it reveals a God of governance. A God who has a structure. A God who is strict on his policies. A God who has an order of doing things. And God did not create man until God saw that he created everything man would need at the time, what we would need thereafter until the end of age. After God created everything, all the mirrors under the ground, everything that man will ever need. He now said, come, let us make man our own image. You cannot run a church where everybody is doing whatever he likes and expect growth. You cannot set a church where there is no order and expect growth. You cannot set up a church where the foundation is shallow. The people God has given to you, they have been with you for years, but their knowledge of the Word of God is very, very low. How will God bring more people? He will kill that organization. Foundation is the most important in any building. Then it says, pillar. What does pillar do? It sustains. So, while you build foundation of Christ in your people, then you must continuously 
reference your message to Jesus who lives forever and never. Because he says, they will say, come let us go to the house of the God of Jacob. Because he will teach us the way to our God so that we may walk in his ways. And I spent time yesterday explaining that to you. Every meeting you do must be aimed towards your legitimate aim, which is to instruct people in godliness. Anything that will put fear in people, don't say it. It's not of God. They don't run away from the world to come into the place of faith and then get fear. Anything that will cause dissension in your church, you must not preach it. Anything that will cause disorder in your church, you must not preach it. You must preach what will make people fear God. Because it's the pillar. That is what sustains you throughout your ministry life. Your church must not be known as a church. Who you are in that place, they used to preach the word of God, but now you know they are doing socials. I told you that if it, any, any, there is something the devil is introducing and it came from Nigeria. I met a man in a conference here, in an exhibition. And the man came, oh, Apostle Williams, who oh, is good, I've been seeing your television, blah, 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 blah. He said, can I come to your church and do um, uh, comedy? I said, pardon me? He said, can I come and do comedy? You have night vision, don't you? I said, yes. He said, yeah, I come, we'll do comedy. And he began to tell me the big, big church they have been doing it in Nigeria. I can't speak it on the, on the, on the, on the, on the pulpit. But people know it. And I said to him, excuse me, man. Was it for comedy that God sent his son? I said, excuse me. How many demons have been cast out during your comedy? How many lame have walked? How many blind have seen? I said to him that I did not live my career in life to come and, you know, uh, 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 take the position of God's servant in whose hand the lives and destiny of generations are in his hands. And only to come and mess their life up by making them comedy. Will your comedy promote my member? Will your comedy increase the brain of my members? Will it make them come out in first class? I said, get away from my side. But the churches where they have been doing it is strange that such happened. Let he that stand take heed lest he falls. I would gather. So if you look at the scripture, there are four. The church of the living God must be continuously a pillar. Of truth. Truth about marriage, truth about academics, truth about business, truth about living, you know, social living, truth about everything in life. Having said that, there are various people in the church, you must know that. I've, I've explained a little bit about that to you. The book of Second Timothy, chapter 2, verse 20. It says, In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Yes? Why didn't he say in a small house? When your church is small, your eyes is over everybody. You instruct everybody. You control everybody. So there is no miscommunication or misrepresentation. When your church becomes bigger, you assign people who will help God be given charge. The bigger your church is, the farther away the sheep from you. And if you are not careful, if you don't have good understanding of corporate governance, you will have lost control of your flock into the hands of people who are not exactly like you and some others who have a hidden agenda. A good number of ministers have regretted their lives in that. When I teach you about corporate governance, I'm going to help you understand how to deal with conflicts by structure, restructuring. How to silence the devil by restructuring. And your church will be intact. I have done it several in my church is intact. And I learned it from Christ and the apostles. Large house is large problem. Big church is the biggest headache any minister can never have before he goes to his grave. There are articles of gold and silver, 
but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. The word noble means having or showing fine personal qualities and high moral principles or purpose. So like what I was saying to you the other time, you have a, a family of 12 people or 12, 20 children. You have some children there that are just morally bankrupt. They are in church. People that any time you speak, their contribution is to criticize what you are saying. And they will do that before others. And they will present it as if they are trying to help the church. That even sometimes some ignorance in the church will say, Oh, that is good. If you don't hammer down and reveal the devil who has just spoken. Publicly, not after. If devil spoke in a place, you rebuke him in that place. If he spoke publicly, you rebuke him publicly. It doesn't matter any human being that he took. If you spoke in the secret, you rebuke him secretly. Jesus said to, to Peter in the public, Peter, get behind me, you devil. Peter is, 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 is the highest man that, you know, among his disciples. He didn't know when Satan entered into his lips. Jesus did not say, ah, no, don't let me disgrace you. He, there he rebuked him. He's not disgracing him. He's helping him. It was after then, Jesus said to him that three times Satan wanted to see you. I prayed for you. But he had already rebuked him publicly. You devil, get out of my sight. That cautioned Peter to think twice or twice before he will speak when Jesus is there. Are we together now? You know, sometimes we take, we take our humanity into, God, into, into God's things. No! God is a God of order. But he's a firm God. Having given grace to Moses, he said, Moses, you will not enter because I can't, I can't move my goalposts for you. He who honor me, I will honor. He who dishonors me, I will dishonor. It does not matter who made you dishonor me. For the fact that you even dishonor, you will be dishonored. Are we together now? So therefore... You have ignobles in church. People that you will assign a duty and they will have agenda to usurp the power. And before you know it, they have got converts. You are putting all your money, all your labor, all your effort into them. And before you know it, they've gone with your gems. When I treat about crisis and management of Christ in church, I will give you good templates. It can be silent even if the church is a large house. It can be silenced. Let's move away from that. Noble and ignoble. So you have the ignoble in church. They will not live. If you pray for them to live, you will discover that God will make them stronger. Why? Because the Bible says in verse 21, if a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes. So it means that God will bring you ignoble people, and by the foundation and the pillar of truth, they will be cleansed. They will become noble. But at the beginning, they are ignoble. I would gather. And you see, the fact is that you can't curse them. Because you curse any Christian, no matter how anointed you think you are, you are cursed already. All those ministers go to the pulpit and say that, I put a curse on these people because they did this, because they left. As they are saying it, God is cursing them for doing that. And look at the lives of people who do that. In a short time, they go to drain. Completely cut off from God. Because God didn't give you charge to shepherd his children so that you may curse them. He said, whoever curses you, I will curse. And that is not to pastors. That is to Christians, God's children. So no matter what any child of God does, if anybody opens their mouth to curse them, that person will come under curse immediately by God. And God cannot change his mind on matters like that. He will suffer for it. Some already are. Don't be victim. So be patient for them to be cleansed. But, 
Don't assign them to authority. If you have, remove them. If you assign someone to authority, you can unassign the person now. You must know this. Now, duties, your duty as a minister in the household of, of God, that is the pillar and foundation of truth. What are your duties? Number one, you must be an example. Anything that you are not, your church cannot be. You want to be the praying church, you will be a prayer person. It's contagious. You want to be a faith person, a faith church, you build them, you must, be, you must operate in faith. You want to build a bold people, you must be very bold. You want to build a people who give, <laughs> you must be more giver than them. I would mean now. If you're stingy, God will make sure you die poor. He will frustrate everything by himself. He will do it. He will bless you. Chapter 29 of Deuteronomy, go and read it. He says, if you, if you obey me, my word, and by so I bless you, and you think that because I have blessed you, you can continue your wayward ways. He said, the Lord will be very willing to destroy you as well. <laughs> so if you are, you have been serving God and you have been faithful, you, God blesses you. If you become stingy, God will pull the string. The virus will just come to begin to destroy things that you built. They will frustrate all your sources of income. How do you break away from it? The remaining you have, you better begin to give it out. So that you don't have anything. Then God will have mercy and restore. You cannot build a, give, a giving church when you are not a giver. You cannot build a church of obedience who obey God if you do not obey God. You can't build a church that is very, very much, uh, you know, um, out for the Lord. You know, loving to God if you are not so. I would get it now. Like Father, like Son. So he says in the book of Hebrews 1, 3, uh, Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the, way, the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So our way of life must be emulatable or, you know, our way of life must be such that people can imitate. And our faith as well. I have told all of you, what is the assignment of a pastor? It is simple. Preach the word, heal the sick, cast out devils. Twice Jesus said it. When he sends the first two, twelve, in truth. He says to them, preach the word, heal all diseases, and cast out devils. Heal the diseases and cast out devils, rather. Second time, Luke chapter 10. He sent 72, which is the church. Preach the word, heal diseases, and cast out all devils. And if you look at Mark chapter 16, verse 20. He said they all went all, around, all over and preached the word, and God confirmed their word with great signs and wonders. Look, this is what I want to provoke all of us into here now. We leave this conference, we will not preach any word anymore that will not be confirmed. It could not happen. You and I will bend our knees and tell God, if I speak, you must confirm. And you and I will make sure, what am I speaking? Is he in line with the book of Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1 and 3? So if I preach what the verse 3 says, then something from heaven must attest to my words. I cannot settle less to those that I read in the Bible. Everybody. We must be example. You can't tell your people that they will operate in the healing power when you are not operating in it. You can't tell them that they can cast out demons when you are not even casting out anything. We must have a life and faith that could be imitated. Number two. All leaders will give account to God. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey your leaders and submit to the authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give account 
obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that will be of no value, of no advantage to you. So, if you look at this scripture, therefore, we must pastor people as men who give accounts. Let me tell you something. Something happened yesterday, really on Sunday in this church. I went with one of the pastors, my pastors here, very, very nice person, to go and pray for a sick person on Sunday. Okay? Now, when she left me on Sunday, all right, I came to recognize yesterday that she just started feeling sick. And before they know it, the sickness became so terrible. I have no knowledge. And before they know it, she started to vomit. Before they know it, she was collapsing. But she had told them, take me to the hospital. They rushed her to the hospital. When they got to the hospital, the hospital said, ah, next minute is death. They stripped her completely and began to put antibiotics intravenous. They said that she had um, a... a um, no, 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 no. She had um, infection. Okay? The infection she caught, she said she remembered that she used a public toilet. She rushed into it and just used the toilet and went out. Just rushing, going down, toilet, infection entered into her. That infection had entered her blood. And the doctor said that if she had waited maybe two hours or four, she would have been dead. Because that entered her blood. It's an aggressive in- infection. So, what we would have been saying is, ah, in anniversary. We went to pray with a sick person on Friday, on Sunday. How can she just die like that? Do you know when you and I will go? Huh? So, then, why would we live our life as somebody who will remain here forever? Huh? We will give accounts either sooner or later. So you must watch over God's people with that in your mind. For everybody you deal with, God will call you to account. So if you deal with people maliciously, you will pay before God. If you deal with people with hatred, you will pay before God. You will not be justified for any misbehavior. Even if the person you are dealing with had misbehaved to you, you haven't got the right to reply because you are supposed to be the example of Christ. You can't say to God that, but because he did this, I also did that. No, I've told you, Moses did not enter promised land because of people. When God was going to destroy the people, really, in chapter 33, he begged God that God destroy me and leave these people. He didn't know he was prophesying. Yeah. And God said, okay, because of you, I will pardon them. Then he now missed his destiny because of these people. Okay? Pastors be very, very careful. And pastors' wives too. All it has to give account. Write this down, the next one. You must teach the word uh, as a minister of God. What's expected of you? So the first one is be an example. The second one is that watch over the flock as people will give account. And the third one is teach the word. Isaiah 2, 3. Let me say this to you. Anywhere, if you want to see real growth, Jesus will bring people to a place where the word is taught. We have seen that. They will say, come let us go to the mountain of the Lord because he will teach us the way of, that we may walk in the way of the God of Jacob. But at the same time, having said that, that you are established on the word and you are teaching the word and you are living a life of the word let me help you understand something. In the last days, perilous time will come, isn't it? And we're in the last days. But I would say that in the book of Second Corinthians, let me show this to you. Second Corinthians 11, 3. Let me show you this. How many of you think that Satan will appear to us and be shouting on us? He can't do that. The devil can't appear to you. No, he can't do that. Because you know you bind him. But the devil come to church through human beings. They sit in the pews, listen to your message. Okay? 
When you teach a people of holiness, they are the one who introduce all manners of lavishness. You know, it doesn't matter how I speak. God take care of you. I'm still growing. It doesn't matter how I look. God will take care of you. I'm still growing. It doesn't matter, you know, where I go. And they introduce secretly all manners of things. He says, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning in the Old Testament, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure. What? What is Satan doing to Christians today? Ministers. Look, I don't like anything in the world. I don't. It's of no value to me. I will not do anything that will not profit me. Okay? It's of no value to me. I will not look controversial because people will come to me and say that that is not befitting to a preacher of righteousness. If my eating something will make you talk against the God I worship, I will not eat that thing there. That's what the Bible commands you. If I have money to buy a car, and that car will cause controversy, I will not buy it. That's the reason why I told you in Christ the Banaku, when God gives you billions, anybody who budget for me, I will make sure they prosecute him. I send him to jail. Yes. Because if you brought a jet to, to a minister, the first thing that comes to the head of the minister is that what is going on in your head? Someone said to me that, oh, in America they use jets. They are going to the, to the, to the, to the heaven of jets. <laughs> Satan is the governor of that heaven. I would get it now. Oh, no, 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 because we have, we, uh, you know, your general overseer have several assignments, several assignments. I know a general overseer who disappeared in broad daylight. His name is General Vassia Philip. So our own God can't do that. That you will pastor a church of some members who cannot afford two meals in a day. And you will now buy a jet where the maintenance of that jet can feed the whole congregation every month. If anybody tells me that a person like that knows God, I will tell you that you are deceiving yourself and him too. They don't know God anymore. They don't know God anymore. They lost it long ago. A form of godliness. Satan deceived the mind of Christians. That's all he does. To lead you astray from your pure devotion. What you used to be. No matter what God makes of you. You must remain that thing. You can't change your way of thinking. You can't change the way you act. You can't change the way you live. Remain that thing. A blessing that will take your devotion. May God frustrate it forever. May you never come near your door. People, people leave God for pleasure. And soon they, re, they recognize that they have all the pleasure, they have all the wealth. In the midst of their enjoyment of the wealth, suddenly they discover that they have become too old. When did I come old? Where did I get to this age? There is no more opportunity to even enjoy the wealth. Fifty years is like a flash. This is 27 years since it started. It's like yesterday. Imagine if we had spent 27 years doing what we like. Or I, I register CFT as a limited company. So all the tithe and offering is mine. Yes? Some do it. I will have invested millions of this church for my own personal use. I will have made millions. Okay? Then everything that CFT own is in my name. The building, Jesus City, everything will have been in my name. Do you know something? People will be giving faithfully because they believe they are giving to God. God will still be using me for miracles, signs, and wonders. But I will go and see Him shortly. If I'm able to stand before His face, if my exit will not be from hell, I'll be calling to him that, Father, where are you? Where well, he will never answer anybody. 
guard your mind. It is the worst thing of life. Your devotion of old, if you discover that you are getting lower, Satan deceived you. I talk to my leaders all the time. If anybody dies in my church, that I'm not sure of where he's going, in his funeral, I will not talk about him. That's what I do. If I bury somebody and I didn't talk about him in the funeral, recognize that I don't know where he went. In the, when you do work keeping and I don't talk about the disease, because I can't lie about you. If I talk about you, people will not be happy, so I better keep my mouth shut. Because you haven't done anything to be reckoned with. Some, when Mamo Kusuma died and we were doing their ceremony, did we not talk about what they did? We talked about where she went, how she had been here, how she had been there. Even people who she had blessed talked about it. And it's the same what everybody is saying. So, take for instance, someone who comes to church, say prayer, say amen. He used to be active before, and suddenly something happens somewhere, and he's no more. If he dies, I will just bless the Lord for everybody who is living. When you hear me repeat again and again in the funeral, that the funeral is for the living and not the dead. Be careful. Let the, dead take, let the living take it to heart, Bible says. Satan deceived the mind. Cunning with serpent's cunning. Serpent's cunning. It will look like God. Ah, we are human beings. We have to be in this world. The people who serve God before us in the book of Acts, they lived on earth as if they did not exist in this planet. That's what the Bible tells us. And that is what they commanded us to do. That's what they commanded us to do. We're talking about the church of the living God. I vow to God, if everybody makes you sad, I will remain a source that will make you happy. I told God physically, not once. When I look at many people that we started the race, what they are doing now, and they can't see. And people around them can't tell them that they are highway to hell. Even if you tell them, they will argue with you. I told God that, look, when you look at all this mess and you're happy, tell me to go and die for your for your reward. I will go. Everything that I have, you can take it. I own nothing. The church of God is seriously being deceived. I'm going to finish you in five minutes because this session will finish. <laughs> The final segment of this lecture is you and the household of God. That is you and, and your members. The things you need to continue to emphasize for them to do, to attain. Number one, tell them you must do your best at all times. Give God your best in everything. Whether you are praying, you are worshipping, you are reading the Bible, you are in a meeting... You are attending services. Anything you do, give God your best. Second Timothy chapter 2, 15 to 21. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A workman who does not need to be ashamed and correctly handles the word of truth. Then he now went further to give you the rules of engagement of you know, a person who does his best. Verse 16 says, avoid godless chatter. Okay? People that you know, they will not accept your point. Don't argue with them. Don't talk with them. They are life wasters. Because those who indulge in them will become more and more godly. Any argument that does not profit you, and people will not accept, why are you talking? They won't accept you, so why are you discussing? Same thing when you go for evangelism. Somebody who wants to argue about Jesus, just say, I mean, the Lord bless you, and move on. Don't prove Jesus to them. The Bible says, and to those who will perish, to perish as they go. Verse 17 says, their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them is Humanus and Philetus, who have wandered away from the faith. Those of you who are standing in leadership, don't let those who wandered away take you along with them. Don't, you don't need friends to succeed. 
You need God. So, any friend who is not like your, you know, you serving your God, you don't need them. Hello, bye-bye. No quarrel. But for us to be flocking together, you will not carry the armor of Saul. They wandered away from truth by their teaching, teaching, teaching. In this case, they were talking about resurrection teaching. Look at verse 19. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with the inscription, The Lord knows those who are His. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must do what? Turn away from wickedness. Anything God will call wickedness. Wickedness is not just treating something somebody badly. Look at scripture and find that. Number two, what you must teach your members. Let them know. You are an important part of this church. Do your best. You must let every child, every baby, every member know how important they are in your church. And you must create atmosphere that will enable them to manifest. First Corinthians twelve twelve. He says the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is in Christ. They are very important. If your members understand their importance, they will produce. I would get it now. Number three, you must remind yourselves God brought you here for a purpose. Anyone who comes to your church, you must let them know. You are not just here for nothing. There is a purpose for your life. And we will work it out together. You must let them know they have to cooperate with you. Because by prophet, God led Israel out of Egypt. By prophet, he entered Canaan. Your position in their purpose of life is very vital. But you cannot achieve it without cooperation. You must always tell, let your member know that. The Bible says in Second Corinthians, Chronicles 2020. Believe in God will be established. Believe in His prophets, you will prosper. Number four, you must let them know that, you know, we are, though we are all brought here for a purpose, but each one of us is unique. You are unique. You have a unique function in this church. You see, some people are standing there. Among those who are standing, you have protocol, then you have usher. The man who is standing as a protocol cannot at the same time stand as an usher. No, he's unique. The one who is an usher cannot stand at the same time as a protocol. He's unique. The one who is standing as an usher cannot come and lead praise and worship. Everybody has unique function. And that each one of us must find out what, we are unique, what our uniqueness is. All members must know this. Because if you die in God, and God gave you a grace, and you were in the church, you didn't use it till death. Can you imagine? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? It's you who must find out what you are good at. What is your uniqueness? You just don't go to church and sit down on pews every day. While others are serving, and you think you will get the same thing from God. God is not partial now. You are unique. Number five. You must let them know that though we are unique, we are interdependent. I need you. You need me. Let your members know that. I have told my members several times that I pray for you, pray for you, pray for you. When will you pray for me too? Oh, I'm sick. Apostle, I pray for you. So when I'm sick, you too pray. Pray. God will answer you too if I'm sick. Abby, because the gift of healing is not for the the one who has it. It's for others. So if God gives you a gift, He gave you to profit other people. So when you are sick, I lay hands on you. When I'm sick, you lay hands on me too. I pray God will bless you. You pray to me too, God will bless me. I always say to my member, if you wake up one day in CFT anywhere in the world, and you don't remember Apostle William, you are a debtor. Because I pray for you every hour. I'm not a pastor who just come every Sunday and wait for salary. You are my life. My members is my life. My members go for interview, I know. I pray throughout the interview. The moment they are out, I phone them. They got the job. That is the reason why sometimes, some of them will call me and say, well, I'm going for an interview and I pray with them. When they come out of the interview, I will begin to tell them, the people interview them, describe what they were and how they are, their heights and their size and shape. 
when I describe that to them and I tell them that this is what God is saying, they can't doubt it and it will come to pass. Why will God show that to me? I, I carry their burden in my heart. As far as I'm concerned, as God is, that's what I am. To my members. God will be concerned about your social life. He will be concerned about your spiritual life. He will be concerned about your family life. He will be concerned about your education. Why should I not be concerned when I'm a representative of God? Anything God can be concerned with that it can come to my imagination, I must carry it myself and make sure that those people fulfill those things because we are interdependent. I have the grace to speak and God will honor it. You have the grace to serve and that will build my own faith up. And we must work together. I don't think there's any of my members that I would tell that this is what God is telling you. And he will say to me, the apostle, I don't think I believe it. It's not possible. It's not possible. Why would God reveal things to me? That's the kind of heart. If you seek me, you will find me. Where you seek me with all your heart. It's so simple. Sometimes we get carried away by activities that we don't remember our functions. Let your members know that we are interdependent. We, we, we are related together. I need you. You need me. Number six, use your grace to serve. Let them know that you use their grace to serve. You know, interdependent is First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Number six is use your grace to serve. First Peter 4, 10 to 11. Each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very word of the Lord, of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God gives, provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory, to him be the glory and power forever and ever. You know, when you let your people know all these things, look, if anybody is prophesying in the church, you should let them know. It doesn't make you anything. We all can prophesy. God just use your own mouth now. He will use his second mouth. So somebody does not see because he can prophesy now. He's a prophet and people are going to him. Give me a word. If you have a church where people are going to people, give me a word. Something is wrong with your teaching. Let everybody know that everybody have a gift. Maybe your own is prophecy. Thank you. My own is healing. Prophet, when you are sick, come. And if I need God's direction, I will ask you. Okay. You who tell me the future, you are not better than the person who sings with the most beautiful voice. Because some people give them microphone. Everybody will be praising God <laughs> and interceding <laughs> for them. Hallelujah. And some other times there are some people that are not in the place who lead the choir. You say, oh my God, where are these people? Isn't it? So which one is even better? The one who can sing well and lead us into the altar of God or the one who prophesies. I think the one who sings is better. Because we need him every day. We don't need prophecy every day. If you prophesy too much, they will tell you that it is too much. Stop, stop that prophecy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, prophecy every day, prophecy every day, prophecy every day. Say something else. Eh? <laughs> Abby, they will give you the bell. <laughs> they don't say the Lord. That's where we came from. So, he, he, he has come again. Exactly, people prophesy, I am the Lord, I am without. <laughs> as, I, as I part the rest with Moses, I am now here, I have now come. Say something, I will come, I will bless. <laughs> I have come to bless you so much. No, that's no prophecy. That's somebody just exciting us. Number seven, you must teach your, teach your members, work out your salvation. Philippians 2, 12 to 16. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in, in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You can see this. Either pastors in church or not, the church is wrong. They obey in their presence, out of, without their presence. You must let people know this. For it is God who works in, in, in you to will and to act or to do according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Teach them this. So that you may become blameless. Your departmental head instructs you, do it. 
do it. Your department that I may be younger in age, he's an authority. He's an authority. Don't say because you are older, they say you should do something. How can you tell me to do that? You are talking to God like that. Don't do you do things without complaining or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault. In a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine. Come on, I love that. No matter how people are depraved in the church, Alfred will shine. What about you? <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Why you don't go to beg anybody for bread? If I have money, I spend it. If I don't have money, I spend power of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I joy the Holy Ghost. I have food I eat. If I don't have food, I fast because I know how to fast. I'm not one of the uh, general overseer that uh, food is his God. Food for the belly, belly for the food, the belly and the food will be destroyed. I have clothes I wear. I don't have clothes I don't wear. Really, I tell you this. I never buy clothes in my life. It's my wife who buys clothes. If she bought me teru, I wear it. You don't know what teru is. Don't worry about that. Anything she buys, I wear. I don't care what I wear. As long as she likes it. She went to the market and bought clothes with her money. I've never given her money to buy clothes for me, you know. She buy with her money. And bring it and say, I have bought it. I say, why are you buying it again? I have all these ones in the world. You say, I'm buying it to you. You wear this in summer. And if I wear, if I wear the summer thing in the winter, I want to come, I will say, go and get it out. Say, this is winter. That clothes, I bought it for summer, not for winter. Oh, I bought this one for spring, not for, not for this time. It's okay, I will go back and I will... Which one do you want me to wear? This is what they wear for winter, okay. But that doesn't mean that next year I will remember. My brain is not, is not climatized with no... <laughs> I will just wear what I think. Hallelujah. You know? She's the one who gives me clothes and wears it. And if anybody is not happy with what I wear, it's your business. I'm not living to satisfy anybody <laughs> that they want that I married. <laughs> Hallelujah. As long as she's happy, I'm happy with the clothes I wear or shoes I wear. I, don't, I mean, the only thing is that she can't, I mean, she doesn't do that too. She can't go and buy me Rolex of 11,000. I won't wear it. <laughs> Amen. So, you must tell the people to work on their salvation. Two more. Number eight, be faithful in your giving. You must teach every member to be faithful in their giving. So that when you prophesy over them to bless them, God will be able to bless them. When you bless your church, that God will bless you, God will promote you, God will open doors financially for you. It can only happen to those who tithe. No matter how much you fast and speak out of the Holy Spirit, anybody who does not tithe, your blessing will invoke curse on them. They need to know that. Is the scripture. So you must teach them to tithe. And you too must lead by example. Be faithful in giving. You say, but just, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But just as you excel in giving, in faith, in speech. You see this. In knowledge, in complete earnestness. And in your love for, for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. This is what Paul is talking about. They are intelligent people, highly educated. Because he said, you have excelled in everything. In faith, you are fantastic. In speech, ah, me, you are so eloquent. You can motivate the whole world. In knowledge, none is like you. You have great intellectuals among you. He says, in complete eagerness... When it comes to run a race, I want to go to mission field. You supply my money, all what I need. We need something to be done there. You do it. Eagerness, nobody can compete with them. And it says, in your love for us, you truly love us. There are people who took care of the apostle personally to make sure the apostle have no need. But the apostle said with all this, see that you excel in the grace of giving. That completes our religion. Finally, number nine, 
Serve with your heart. Serve with your heart. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Colossians 3, 23 to 25. As working for the Lord, for, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does what's wrong, what, what does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. We're going to stop here. Now, let me say that we will see me talk with our time for the next one which uh, we are supposed to finish our next lecture by 12.30. Yes? So, I will give us 10 minutes break. We will start back on the dot. Please, let's make sure you want to take coffee, go take coffee. You want to just uh, relax yourself so that you won't feel sleepy. But we will finish that session by 12.30 as scheduled. 1.30. 1.30. 1.30. 1 to 1.30. 1 to 1.30.